This is one of our newest show sponsors. This is a business that was started by Chief Dave Robertson. And really what it all came down to is he knows that getting a fire job or getting promoted for the first time is incredibly hard. It's always a long process. It can be frustrating and it's, it's really incredibly challenging. What's even more challenging is that when you know that you always wanted to be a firefighter and that you would make a great firefighter or even more so being a great officer or chief and you just feel like no one will look at your resume or nobody will even give you a chance or take you serious for that promotion. So Chief Dave works really closely with you know creating just a team of two, the two of y'all. He's all about giving you the commitment that's unmatched towards achieving your, your career goals and exactly what you want to do. He will mentor and coach you to help you become the kind of candidate that these fire departments are all looking for and they can't miss. Chief Dave from Fire Edge, he comes with 25 years of fire service experience. Guys, go listen to the episode that I had him on the show. He talks all about it. He's been there and done that and actually earned his stripes in this business. On the business side, he's got thousands of hours of coaching and training, leading, consulting, recruiting, building hiring processes you know you name it and he's done it chief dave just talking to him he's all about the one-on-one connection he's all about customer service and he really genuinely does care about the fire service as a whole and the next generation of guys that we're bringing into this business for a 30-year career that all leads to having a strong passion with what you're doing and who you're working with that's the 100 percent commitment that chief dave has given to me Uh, with the third alarm cowboys and what he's given to every single one of you out there across this nation and in canada that are wanting to get involved in the fire service and are wanting to make that next step truly it doesn't matter if you are just a recruit that's aspiring to get a fire career job or you're a company officer that's wanting to become a chief or a chief officer that's wanting to move any high even higher what you got to do is figure out your why and find your passion that makes you truly love this job And that's what Chief Dave Robertson is doing with Fire Edge. So, guys, give him a chance. Go look him up. Give him a phone call. He's putting his personal number out there for the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast listeners to give him a call and get your fire career either started and going or moving in the direction in which you want to do. So give Dave a call at 519-384-3072. And that's Fire Edge Career coaching training and consulting y'all go give him a chance go get to know him he's a great guy go listen to the podcast episode that i had him on that's chief dave robertson hey guys i'm gonna take a second and tell you all about first line fire service training it's a badass page on facebook i encourage every single one of you to go and follow them Dennis is a retired fire chief. He's been a huge supporter of our show for since the very beginning. He's believed in Third Alarm Cowboys and our mission of making firefighters better. Dennis also has the same mission of being able to train firefighters, make them better. He's using all of his years of experience of 20 plus years plus his military background to offer training ideas. He travels all around the country speaking at different conferences, trying to help guys get better when it comes to their tactical ability, when it comes to their physical ability, and everything in between. He's really pushing things to the limits, especially for an older guy that's retired. He's still getting up every single day putting his gear on, going out in the driveway, doing crazy-ass workouts that most of us couldn't even handle. He's still getting out there getting it done. 
He also does a weekly training video on first line fire service training, offering up when every type of uh, tactical and operational skills that he's learned throughout his career through working from other people. One thing that's really impressive to me about Dennis is that he owns the fact that most of the things that he has learned and sharing are things that he learned from other people and he's just passing that on. That's something that he and I have in common. He's taking all the information he took from his career and sharing it on to the next generation to make the next generation solid and better firefighters. That's a great mentality to have. He's the kind of guy that people should be listening to when it comes to learning about what to do in the fire service with their career, with their tactics, and with their operations. So y'all go check them out on Facebook, First Line Fire Service Training, LLC. Send Dennis a message that you heard about his business from our show. If you're putting on any kind of training conference, Dennis is the guy that you need to contact. Get him in the door and let him share his knowledge to make the people in your area that are attending the conference better. And just know that... I support his business and he supports mine. And that's the kind of people that we need in the fire service to make us all better and stronger. I'm going to also take a second to tell you all about one of our show sponsors. That's Norse Fire Equipment out of North Dakota. Whenever I first started talking about having sponsors for the show, I really wanted it to be genuine businesses that are firefighter owned and operated and people that have good business ethics and have a good mission. Matt Vercota reached out to me from Norse Fire Equipment. He and I have spoken and, and talked back and forth a little bit, got to know each other, and he seems to have fit that criteria. He's a full-time firefighter and founded this company in 2020 to provide a good place for firefighters to be able to get equipment that they needed to be able to do their job and have it at a good price and just good quality equipment instead of some of these places that want to sell you real cheap crap. For... Y'all go over to norsefireequipment.com coupon code cowboy five that'll get you five percent off on your online orders all right guys on with the show dispatch to all units this is a third alarm switch to the tack channel Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TAC channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. This is the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast. This is a podcast for firefighters. We talk about real-life situations, stuff in your station like leadership and promotions, and stuff in your personal life like relationships and finances. You name it, we talk about it. A lot of things may be a little controversial, but that's real life, and that's what we're going to talk about on this show. All right, guys, welcome to 2024. That's kind of weird to say. Um... We're a couple days into the new year, and I got to be totally honest with y'all, 2023 flew the fuck by. Uh, December just really was a blur. Uh, I can't even I can't even begin to tell y'all uh, of all the things that I've had going on, and just really what what it's looked like for the last several weeks. It just uh, it truly <laughs> it doesn't even make sense that we're in a whole new year. It doesn't feel like January. Uh, it doesn't even feel like Christmas even came, but uh, I hope you all had a had a great Christmas and a and a uh, a fun and uneventful New Year, uh, especially New Year Eve. Uh, New Year's Eve. I got to tell y'all, I actually worked New Year's Eve, and of the many years that I've worked in a fire station on New Year's Eve, I got to tell y'all, 
I have made a fire or two or three every single year that I worked. And I have to tell you all, this was the first year ever uh, we did make, when we got pot for a couple of structures, but it ended up being nothing uh, throughout that shift. But it was eerily quiet. And I know we're not supposed to use the Q word, but I got to tell you all, we've been a little dry spell at my station for the last several weeks. And so uh, I'll, I'll use the Q word all day long because it was insane. Everybody around us was burning the world down. Our mutual aid department uh, next door, but actually both mutual aid departments next door. And uh, we also run a lot with Houston Fire Department. They're, they're right beside us as well. Everybody was running, just not my district. I don't know what the hell was going on. I don't know if the folks in, in my district just with hard times economically, whatever, joke, you know, all joking aside, they might not have had the money to buy the fireworks and shit and be able to celebrate like what usually goes on. But you normally have drunken free-for-alls and everything. Um, but it was pretty wild. Now, I know they were rocking it down uh, with the fireworks after midnight because they were shaking the fucking station. But as far as the, the actual incidents and stuff, man, it was, uh, it was a completely different experience for me to not be busy as fuck. So... Uh, for those of you that were out there, you know, I hope that y'all did the job to your fullest ability. And for those of you that had a night like me, well, I guess, uh, that just shows, you know, I'm a little superstitious. So maybe that just means we're going to have a really, uh, good and maybe hopefully uneventful year. I'm not, I'm not one that's going to necessarily <laughs> believe that with 2024 and the election process that's about to take place and all the craziness that's going on, uh, you know, economically and just with the the current political climate, just all that stuff that y'all already know about. I just, I see this year being hella interesting. So guys, I got to tell y'all the, um, launch special for the third alarm Cowboys cigars are, uh, our firefighter line of cigars that we launched going into, uh, to the holiday season, man, y'all absolutely blew me away. I finally got to see the final tallies, uh, for the end of November and about half of December, and I mean, hundreds and hundreds of those launch special packages went out to guys. I've gotten a whole bunch of you that have sent me, you know, pictures of y'all smoking them at your stations or, at, you know, around a fire pit at your house or whatever. And that's just the coolest shit in the world to me. So, you know, y'all continue to send those to me and I'll continue to share them with folks so we can kind of, you know, people can see kind of what guys are doing with them. I, I hope that it's helping build camaraderie. It's giving you, you know, a um, communication opportunity to sit around and and talk with either your crew or your family or your boys or you know whatever it is that you're doing i hope it's a good uh conversation piece uh i know i've gotten several compliments and, and guys give me really good feedback on you know they like the flavoring they liked uh how the cigar smoked and just all that good stuff y'all uh y'all y'all give me some feedback let me know what you think tell me which one's your favorite one several guys have tried them all already and told me which ones they liked uh, the captain has obviously been a big hit. A lot of guys like the mixture of flavors that comes with the, the barber, uh, cigar. So I hope you all enjoy that, but I just want to tell you, you know, thank you to everybody that bought, bought that launch package and, you know, continue to go to the website. You can continue to buy singles, uh, or you can, you know, buy multiple, uh, just know that the, the launch special is, is over that ended at the, uh, the turn of the new year. So we'll run some more holiday specials going into the future. Uh, for you guys that are really big into cigars or you work at departments that a lot of guys smoke it, cigars, it's it's something y'all do. I'm actually looking at doing this for my department. I've been talking to a lot of the guys, and we have a lot there that like it. So 
it's something that I'm going to look into doing this year. But just know I did mention it in a previous show, but this is an option for you guys. If y'all reach out to me, if you have a business, a firefighter union, or just a department as a whole, I'll make custom cigars for y'all. I'll do a custom band, whatever it is, you know, your department, union, local number, um, if you have a business, say you have a uh, you know roofing company or welding company, and a lot of the people there like to smoke cigars and you want to give them as gifts or whatever, I'll do a big batch order with custom bands with, with your name or your union number or whatever it is that y'all want to do, your fire department, uh, I'll do custom cigars for y'all as well. You just need to reach out to me and we can make that happen. So just know that's an option. That's something that I'm going to be really kind of trying to push in the, in, you know, in the future moving forward. Uh, to start letting guys uh, be able to build and, and start doing, uh, you know, their own local stuff that I can, uh, you know, custom tailor. Because like I said in the beginning, I want this to be all about camaraderie. I want this to be something that guys enjoy doing, you know, together at the station, smoking these cigars together, swapping stories. That's what we did at my station. We all sat out in the bay and we, we all smoked cigars and we were swapping stories and laughs and, and jokes and talking shit to each other and everything. And that's something that's really important to me. That's great times. That's my best memories I've ever had in a fire station where was doing that. It's a very proud tradition. And I know a lot of firehouses partake in that. So if that's something y'all want to do, if you want to do, you know, a custom station, whatever your station number is, I'll do that for you. Just reach out to me and I'll let you know what the options are for that. And there may be even a financial incentive for y'all to be able to do that. If, uh, you know, if we start, if it becomes a regular thing and it's something that you're interested in, just know that there's also, there could be some compensation on the back end of this as well. So that's what we're doing as far as the cigars. Thank you all, everybody that ordered them. Like I said, I hope you enjoyed them. Keep giving me feedback, shoot me pictures, share with, share with me. That way I can put it out and, and um, you know, everybody can see like, Hey, this is, this is a cool last thing that people are doing. Another thing uh, we have RJ net, our condemned saint, the third alarm fighter. He is locked in his second fight. We've already got it on the books for February. I've been sharing that stuff. Guys in the Houston, Texas area, y'all come out. We were in full force for his last fight uh, at the Red Owl Arena there on the north side of Houston. It was a badass event. I'm telling y'all, it was a shitload of fun. The house was packed. There was a shitload of firefighters pretty much in every section of this place. I could look up and see different representation of different fire departments from the, all around the areas of Houston. There was some east side guys, north side guys, some HFD guys. Uh, Cypress Creek, which that's actually where the, the arena is, is in Cypress Creek Fire Department's district. Those guys were there in full force. So huge shout out to them for coming out and uh, you know representing and having the fire trucks and everything there just to show the brotherhood and the camaraderie of what we do as firefighters out there supporting NEP. I mean, he's out there, he's putting in the work, guys. This is a, uh, you know, he signed this six-fight deal, and he's got some seriously big folks looking at him. Uh, this last fight was, uh, it, it didn't end up, it went to the judge, and of course, he ended up not winning, but everybody saw the potential in what he's capable of doing in the ring, and he's got some big names talking. So we're backing him 100%. We have a lot to look forward to in this coming year, and I can't tell y'all how fucking cool it is to be uh, a representative of him and just firefighters as a whole being there to support uh, a fellow firefighter getting in the professional boxing ring. That's badass. Uh, as far as our hashtag third alarm fighter, we have some other really badass shit that's coming forward um, in in this coming year. Um, basically, what that meaning is, guys, is is we have some other fighters that are um, 
professionally getting getting involved that are firefighters, but they also are professional fighters. And so we're going to start expanding into that and really trying to build a movement around uh, firefighters that like to do combat sports. Um, that's very exciting to me. It's it's really cool to have that opportunity that we can all kind of unite and build a brand and a name around this, which is firefighters that are doing combat sports. That's something that's rare, I feel, but there's also several guys that I know that do it. So it's kind of, it's, it's a really cool experience and something to be proud of. And it's, it's just, it's overall, it's, it's going to be badass. We have a lot of stuff that's coming down the pipe for 2024. So, uh, thank you all. We, uh, you know, 2023 was, was basically our, our, our first year of doing this. A uh, lot of lessons learned, a lot of ups and downs, you know, we went through having to do a name change of the podcast and, and partnership and stuff that dissolved and moving forward into something that's my own, that's 100% I'm accountable to myself and my family and my reputation and what that means and what basically the decisions that I want to make and do with this business and with this podcast and this movement of the Third Alarm Cowboys is something that it's on me. And so, you know, we had that. We've had to do with uh, lots of business stuff. I had to learn how to build a website. I had to learn how to do, um, you know, all the e-commerce shit of being able to to um, do shipping and sales and all that. And I'm still learning, guys. Um, but hell, I had to learn how to do a fucking label maker to be able to put uh, to be able to put shipping labels on packages. I mean, a lot of this stuff is stuff that I've never done. Now, if y'all would ask me how to weld or you would ask me how to drive tractors or heavy equipment or, you know, any of that kind of stuff, fight fire, I can tell you how to do that. But as far as all this, man, it's been it's been a pretty um, it's been a pretty interesting ride. It's been cool to learn what I've learned and uh, to be able to have the support from all of you and the growth when we're steadily growing. I mean, it's crazy to me. Every time I look at Facebook, there's just dozens and dozens of notifications that pop. Um I had somebody that asked me, you know, how I how I like to do my social media and everything like that. And to be quite frank, uh, I like to ask questions to you guys that are out there and be able to just get the reactions. I want to see kind of what the climate is and what people are thinking. So I know when I ask some of these hard questions or I put these memes out and, and ask, you know, it might be a little controversial, but hey, that's what we do on this show, right? So when I put out stuff, like I put one out today. Uh, talking about all the leaders in the fire service that do all these conferences and teach all these classes and do these fucking YouTube videos and all this shit. Because honestly, and let's be real, the firefighter podcast platform shit is oversaturated as fuck. Facebook leadership gurus of the fire service is saturated as fuck. Um, let, let's just be real. That that is the case. That's something that I was hesitant of even getting into this whole deal from the beginning because I didn't want to be just another fucking podcast. And thanks to all of you and the feedback that I've gotten and everything I've done the that has caused us to get to where we are today and the people that have wanted to come on and be show sponsors and the people that have wanted to come on and be guests. Guys, this is all real life shit. And that's the reputation that this podcast has built is one of talking about real shit, talking about, you know, things that really matter, pissing people off, <laughs> let's be honest, pissing people off, and, you know, just not sugarcoating it, telling it like it is. And that's what I wanted from day one and, and a year into this, and that's exactly what we've done. That's exactly the reputation that we've built. 
that's the guests that we've brought on. That's exactly what every single one of them have said. And, you know, I asked a question today of how many leaders in the fire service doing all this leadership talk and blah, blah, blah. Actually, if you went back, especially the chiefs and the officers that go and do all this teaching, if you went and asked their crews or you went and asked their people that they, that they worked with, what would they actually say about them? If they're a chief at a department and they're given all these fucking millions of ideas on how to run departments and how to do this and how to do that, if you went back to their fire department and asked their guys, hey, what's it like here? What's it like working here? Does does this chief or this, you know, is, is the same? Is he walking the walk and talking the talk, basically, is what I'm getting at. And how many people out there would that be the case that they'd be like, no, man, we fucking hate working for him. He puts on a great show traveling all over the country, puts on a great show doing these podcasts and all this, that, and the other. But no, we don't fucking agree with what he has to say. This is not how he performs. He doesn't take care of his people, blah, 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 blah. I mean, y'all already know how it would be. Y'all already know. I know I can count on how I see these these pictures of these chief meetings and conferences and shit and people taking pictures and they share them on all the same groups that every single one of us are all on. And some of these chiefs I see in these pictures, guys, their departments have a hundred percent fucking turnover rate. Their departments have trucks that are falling a fucking part. Their departments have stations that you and I don't even want to fucking live in. So y'all just, I've said this for months now and it's something I really encourage everyone to continue to do. And, and even me, you can look into, I'll tell y'all all day long. And it's funny too, because my crew at work bust my balls about it because they, they had heard of me, but then they heard that I had a podcast. So there was a lot of, you know, reference checks and background checks that went on, uh, before I got hired onto the department that I'm at. And Hey, it is what it is. I would do the exact same thing. I used to, when I was on hiring committees, I would fucking go and do cert checks on people. And I would reach out to the places they used to work at where I knew people that worked there. Hey, what's this dude really about? I did the same shit, so I'm not going to talk shit. And, <laughs> you know, they told me straight up, like, hey, we were told by multiple people, yeah, you have the podcast, you like to talk about this, and you talk about this, and, you know, you make waves, whatever. Um, but you know your shit on the fire ground, and you got a hot head. Okay, hey, all day long, I'll own that shit. My wife will say the same thing about me having a hot head, but when it comes time for, you know, when you need something done, whenever, you know, you have to count on somebody, I'm the one that you're going to call. I'll own that all day long. And my friends will say the same thing. And so one thing I highly encourage so many of you out there, chiefs, firefighters, everybody in between, stop putting on a show thinking that that's going to actually get you credit or get you following on Facebook because people are going to end up seeing through it. It may make you hot for a minute. You may get to say some cool shit and catch, you know, a little a little bit of popularity or whatever. But just know that eventually the real you is going to come out. And if you're not the person that you're putting on to be, if you're not that person in your actual everyday life, then you're going to crash and burn. I mean, I just hate to say that. A lot of people will accuse me of a lot of shit. And I, I've said on this show, like, that's the beauty about this from day one. I have not hid jack shit from anybody. I don't have to fucking try to be fake. I don't have to get on here and act like I'm the fucking greatest thing ever, ever, ever. I just get on here and share some experiences, share things that I fucked up with, share things that I didn't do right, and share things that that I did do right and I had success in and, and things that I think I can, you know, offer people in the future to either learn from my hard lessons or learn from my successes. 
businesses. That's what this show has always been about, and it will always be about. And that's what I encourage everybody that's wanting to try to get their voice out there and to try to make a difference, because we all should be trying to make a difference in the fire service. We absolutely should. This is our community. If you really care about the people that you live in that station with and you care about their families and everything like that, as much as you say that you do and you claim to on social media, then live that shit. Live it to the absolute fullest. If it, if you know, even if it gets uncomfortable, if you have to stand up for your people or you have to, you know, draw a line in the sand to make sure that your people are taken care of, then that's exactly what you should do. I had a, I had a conversation with my assistant chief of my part time, and it got pretty damn deep. But we were talking about, I'm gonna jump right into some of the content I had for this show already. Um, but we, we got to talking about staffing and just all this stuff because there's so many departments. And I mean, they're one of them because they're a combination department, um, due to financial obligations. Um, and really just, it's a booming community, a lot of development going on. And because they're, they're ESD funded and it is a rooftop community. So it all comes from residential property taxes, how they're funded. The reality to it is a lot of their area is within the city limits uh, of a said town that a lot of people live there. Well, the reality is, is the city doesn't pay towards the fire department because they're an ESD department. And so there, there's a financial gap there is what I'm getting at. I'm not going to get totally in the weeds on this shit because a lot of you won't even understand it. But just know that part of their main coverage area of the ESD, it's a county ESD in Texas, um, is un- unfunded, if you will. Um, they're trying to talk with the city and to get the city like, Hey, we provide, you know, fire and EMS for the city. So, you know, y'all need to start contributing and and trying to help us out with the day to day. But what the reality of what it comes down to on the staffing end of shit is they have limited full-timer positions available due to, due to finances and they're compensated or or I should say they're supplemented a lot with part-timers like myself. And then the other half of it is volunteers and they have a very strong volunteer base there. Now the um, EMS is all you know staffed with with full time medics, and then usually a part time uh, firefighter EMT is on the ambulance with them, which is usually where I ride. Now as call volume increases and all that good stuff, because the the community is booming. I mean, I'm talking about hundreds, if not thousands, of rooftops built over the last couple of years and steadily fucking growing. The school is building new campuses. All kinds of new um, big box stores being built left and right. I mean, the, it is a thriving community. It just takes time for all that stuff for the taxes to roll and it to end up, you know, being able to come back into the pockets of the fire department for their operating and, and capital budgets. So the reality is, is we we're talking about staffing. And I was kind of getting into a little bit of uh, a deep conversation with him. And we were talking about all the departments that I know of from across Texas and whatever, and people from this show, he knows that I have a podcast and, and he supports uh, the content that I put out. He's like, you know, you need to be having these hard talks. And we were talking about how so many departments, mandatory staffing is such a fucking big deal. They will hold people over. You got to, you know, if you're at minimum staffing, this mandatory holdover, mandatory overtime, that is pretty much, I'd say at this point in time, eight out of 10 departments have a chronic issue of mandatory overtime of holding people over and you know i asked him straight up i said you know how do you feel about that here would you force hold somebody over uh you know to meet minimum par of staffing and he said have i come in and got on a truck 
And I said, I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of my question. He said, I will tell you straight up, as an assistant fire chief, unless if I come in and I get on a truck and we're still understaffed, then at that point, then I'll consider start having to, uh, you know, if, if paying overtime is not working and then getting our part-timers and all that good stuff and we still can't get people, then I'll start looking at like, hey, we really need you to stay. But if you have a prior obligation, we understand. He said, but I would never, you know, force somebody to choose between their family and having to fucking work and keep a job. And I was like, well, chief, I'll tell you, you're, you are a rare occurrence because I've worked personally at two, three departments now that they don't give a shit what you have going on the next day. I've had a fire chief flat ass have a guy that his wife went into labor in the fucking hospital about to have their baby. And he told him if he couldn't stay or gets coverage for himself, then he didn't have a job if he left. And to this day, I've just been completely appalled by that because we sit over here and we preach all this shit about mental health and we preach all this shit about how, you know, we're a family and all this stuff. That's that's why I'm saying some of this stuff about how, you know, leaders that are talking this big shit on social media or at these conferences and amongst their, their meetings, how do they really act at their station? Because I'm here to tell you, if, if they're a fire department that preaches about how mental health they care about mental health, but then they do mandatory overtime on people and they fucking hold people constantly, then they don't give a shit about fucking mental health. Because I'm going to tell you firsthand from a guy that literally, nine, last nine months at one department that I worked at, I literally got held and worked 48 on, 24 off for about the last nine months fucking solid because an entire shift quit because of the toxicity of this department. And so we got held my entire shift we got held constantly for nine months. I would say on average, probably 95% of the shifts. Another department that I worked at for 10 fucking months, I worked 96 on 48 off because we were a 48-96 department that was missing a whole shift. So we were working 96 hours a week and 48 off with, with no end in sight. They weren't fucking hiring nobody. They're, they're just no end in sight. And I'm here to tell y'all, and I'll say this no matter what table I'm sitting at, and I've, I've had some fucking people get mad at me, but I will tell you all day long, and I said this to the assistant chief, and he completely fucking agreed with me, all day long, staffing is the fire chief's responsibility. It is not a firefighter's responsibility. It is not the fucking captain's responsibility. Hiring enough people to fill the seats to meet your minimum par of staffing that you have in your contract with your city or your ESD or your fire district board, whatever the fuck you want to call it, that is the chief's responsibility. Just as much as providing stations, just as much as making sure that you have apparatus in service, that is the chief's responsibility, 100%. And if they are not doing that and it is a chronic fucking issue, then that chief is not performing their duties at all. That's that's just a fact. You don't have to fucking like it, but that is the damn truth. And I know that there is so many departments around that are, have massive fucking shortages, and it's it's due to the demand. It's due to you know the lack of people wanting to come into this field. There's a lot of factors that go into it, but bottom line is it's the chief's job to go out and fucking find people. I don't give a shit if, if he or she's got to go to fire academies and start fucking recruiting right out of graduation. That's their responsibility as a fucking chief. That is it. 
It's not their responsibility to show up Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday or whatever their their job is and bitch about how they can't staff and how it's all the guy's fault and they need to find coverage and they need to fucking work. No. Hell no. If there's not enough people, then go find some. Don't just post. You know, there's departments you can look on the state of Texas, Texas Commission on Fire Protection, job postings. You can literally go look, and there is some departments that are listed on that motherfucker. 365 days of the year, they're on that bitch for 364 of them. And the only day that they're not is probably the day that they're having to reset. That's the reality. So if staffing is an issue, it's not the guy's problem. And so many of us, including myself, I'll tell you, I've had a lot of fucking heartache that I've had to deal with throughout my life, personally, due to hours worked in a station. Because you just flat ass couldn't leave. They held your job over your head. If you didn't stay for the mandatory overtime, then you were fired. You know, that was an automatic termination. And or like one of the places I worked, they threatened to turn you into the fucking state for EMS abandonment and try to strip your fucking patch because they wanted to pull the bullshit on you saying that you abandoned in a 911 service ambulance. And so you were abandoning the community. So then they're going after your fucking license. That's a whole other damn issue. But that's a lot of the fucking places, man. That's some of the shit that we're dealing with. And it's just not right. And I'm here to tell you guys, if you work at a place that that is the issue, then you seriously either need a leadership change and whatever you know y'all got to do within your department, I'm not going to tell you what you do about that fight. You Or you could just do like I did and get the fuck out, man. Because there's no reason why you should be having to f- be forced. Now, I understand. I, I will say all day long, hurricanes... You know, for for you guys that that are out in either West Texas or California or New Mexico, all the places that have insane wildfires. You know, natural disasters, I'm not talking about that. I'm not. Uh, You know, insane incidents, major commercial fire drops, and they do an all-call at your department, and you got to come in. That's a whole other story. I'm talking about the monotonous day-to-fucking-day, you can't staff your shit. So you're holding people. Changing the schedule's not going to fix the fucking issue. You know, going from, I've, I've heard the excuse from, from one of my old chiefs where, you know, we weren't able to work 48s there because we had a 72-hour cap on what you could work. So if you worked your 24, got held for another 24, well, that puts you at 48 hours, then you had to go home for a day, and then you come back, right? Or if they swapped you to a 4896, well, they couldn't hold you for this shift and the next shift, because that puts you working 96. So that second day of the next shift's day is an issue for staffing. Well, that's not my fucking problem. It's just not. Why does that shift not have enough personnel on it? Now, a lot of departments, I like what a lot of departments are doing. Where, you know, your heavy uh, call volume houses have a little bit higher of a um, a, a minimum staffing at those at those stations and your outlying stations that may not run as much, they have a lower uh, minimum staffing by a person or two. So if there is a short, they could pull from that station. And and you kind of have to you know play around. You move the dominoes around to be able to make sure that the trucks that that run more have more places or have more people uh, to fill those places. That shit makes sense, and that's okay. But ultimately, if you really have a major issue of being able to staff constantly then you just need to hire more. That's the bottom line. You need to hire more. Or like my assistant, uh, my assistant chief said, he'll come in and get on a fucking truck. 
You know, there, and I've seen it. There's days that he has come and got on the fire truck because, you know, this person, you know, a, another issue, especially, you know, we were just in the holiday time period. And so there's a lot of departments, you know, there is some, some departments out there where you're allowed to carry over, you know, ample amount of sick time and vacation. You can roll that shit over, but there's a lot of departments that don't have the budget to be able to allow guys to bank hundreds and hundreds of hours of vacation and sick time and all that kind of shit. So it's, you know, it's a use it or lose it type program where they get to the end of the year and it's like, oh shit, man, I I need to burn like 72 hours or I'm going to fucking lose it. Well, guess what? That's part of your benefits package. That is just as important as your fucking payroll. Fire chiefs, when you are hiring people and they are looking at their benefits package, their retirement, their insurance, their paid time off, their vacation, their sick, all that shit is just as important as the pay. And I'm here to tell you, if you get to a point in a fire department, like my old department, where you're not able to use that benefits package, i.e., you can't use your vacation, your sick, or your PTO because the shortage of staffing never allows you to take off, then... You need to just fucking pay more and take it and and don't worry about the time. Because if you're hindering people from having the ability to use their benefits package, then why even fucking have it? It's a waste of money. And you're fucking stealing. Because if it says on here that I have, say, 200 hours of vacation time, but I'm never able to use it because... You can't staff the trucks and you can't staff the station, so you deny the PTO. But then at the end of the year, I've got that 200 hours that's still banked and I don't have the ability to use it. And December 31st, it cuts off, it goes away, and it's erased. That is theft. That is theft of the finances that were put into the account towards PTO. Because that's, guys, that's what y'all got to understand. When these fire chiefs and HR departments and all this shit, when they're building their budget, that is money that is set into the account to cover for the PTO. So if the PTO is not used, then that money is just disintegrated back into whatever they needed to do. And you didn't get it. Therefore, it's theft of your benefits. It's theft of actually technically payroll for you. Like I said, you don't have to like it, but that's how the shit works out. That's why these bigger cities that that have the ability for guys to bank because they could stack that money. They have enough money sitting over in that account for the vacation fund or whatever, whatever that's sick time. So, like I'll tell y'all, Houston Fire Department, a lot of those guys, they'll have hundreds and hundreds of hours banked over a 20-year career. When they cash out that shit on the day they retire, some of them may get like a 70, 75, 80000 dollars check of sick time that they didn't use over the 20 years. Now, a lot of smaller departments don't have that ability. Because if you figure if you had you know, 100 guys retire for a $70,000 check. Most of these small departments, guys that are ESD funded, they can't write that kind of fucking check. They just can't. And I understand that. Houston Fire Department, I mean, Houston, the city of Houston is massive. Millions and tens and hundreds of millions of dollars in the city budget. They have the ability to do that. I'm just painting the picture for y'all to understand how this is money that's moving around. Your benefits package is money. Your insurance is money. It's paid for out of the benefits package that the fire department has built for you when you go to work there. So if you're not using your time, 
then they are essentially, and, and, and if you're not using it because they don't allow you to use it, then they're stealing that shit from you. And so you need to be compensated more on the payroll. And you just tell them like, hey, we're never able to use our fucking vacation time because we're constantly having to be mandatory. And if we take off, then that's our ass. Well, then you need to bump our pay by $10,000 a year and you can have the vacation time back. I mean, that's your alternative when it comes to that shit. But guys, you got to start really thinking about how this money shit works because I'm telling y'all that they're just there's so many people that don't understand the little details of how this stuff works. And honestly, I think a lot of the fire chiefs out here that are not doing the right thing, I think they count on that. I think they genuinely count on the fact that most young guys coming in, 18 to 26-year-old, y'all don't have a fucking clue of even how the pension shit works. You you don't start thinking about your pension until you've been in for like 15 years. You don't understand how contributions work. I can't tell you all the amount of conversations I've had with crews throughout my years explaining how the percentages of contributions work, how vesting works, all those little things. Guys, from day one, and, and I got to give kudos to my current department. When we hired on it, we went through our orientation, literally in our week-long administrative orientation where we were going over all the paperwork side of where I work, they literally had a representative come in from our pension department of Texas and come and explain the finite details to us. They had an attorney for um, emergency services districts come in and explain all the legality sides of ESDs in Texas and all that shit. And I'm here to tell guys, I ate it the fuck up. A lot of the guys that got hired in with me, they're like, dude, will you quit fucking asking questions? Because Honestly, most of them were all young dudes. This was their first fire job. They don't give a fuck. But I'm telling y'all, you need to give a fuck. That is the places where you get to ask the questions that when you hit year 10 and you're vested and you hit year 15 and you start getting in there closer to that time, you're going to wish then you had, oh, shit, what was it? What do I got to do? How do I calculate my pension? Blah, 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 blah. And and then you're going to give a fuck. You need to start worrying about it now to make sure, because I'm here to tell y'all, I worked for a fucking city that did it. You need to make sure that somebody isn't stealing your fucking contributions. You need to make sure that that shit is getting sent to the pension office and you're watching those numbers and so that you can calculate how that enters. Because a lot of these pension systems, guys, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but this shit's important. A lot of these pension systems calculate your interest either monthly or yearly. And depending on what pension system you're in, you need to know that. Because if you work for a place that it's calculated monthly and they don't send the contributions for six, eight, mm, ten months like mine, then you just missed all that fucking interest. And you want to talk about how these pensions accrue the amount to where when you hit your 20, you have the lump sum money there to fucking live on for the rest of your life. It builds off that interest. And so if the city is not sending that money for it to draw the interest, then you're getting fucking shortchanged today and you don't even know it. And so you're losing. And that's a big fucking problem, guys. That's something that people need to seriously think about. So getting back into the staffing, I'm just here to tell y'all, this is all numbers and money. It's numbers and fucking money, guys. And fire chiefs are in their positions because they're intelligent. Now, I'm not saying that they're they they're know-it-alls. And I'm not saying that they do all this shit for the right reasons. But they are intelligent enough, if they've kept their job for a little while, is they know numbers. So the thing is, is you need to know numbers too. 
I hate to be that way and, and talk to people, you know, kind of degrading because that's what I feel like. But I, there's so many fucking guys out here that y'all can't even count two plus two. And then you want to know why shit is not going good in your department. Well, you have no one to hold that fire chief accountable. If you work at some of the places like I do where the fire chief is the fire chief, the HR director, and the business administrator, then he's got the fucking books sold the fuck up, guys. 100%. You can't handle operations. You can't make a change to operations without going through him. You can't have a complaint that needs to go through HR to handle all the types of issues that are going on within your department without going through him. And you can't do anything about the fucking money without going through him. And there's a lot of departments, guys. I'm here to tell y'all, there's a lot of fucking departments out there that the fire chiefs hold multiple positions like that. And so there needs to be people that understand the inner workings of this shit to be able to hold it accountable. That's just what I'm that's what I'm getting at. And the staffing shit, guys, you need to take a good hard look. There's been several listeners throughout the duration of this show that have made big moves throughout their career. There's been some that have promoted strictly because basically, and this is their words, not mine. Um, I gave them the kick in the ass that they realized that they needed to promote in order to be able to make a difference or they realized that their heart was in the right place and you know they've been putting it off but I, I gave them the kick in the ass that they had to go go and sign up and take that test and promote there's been several of that and then there's also been several listeners that have moved fucking departments there's been several listeners that have said fuck this place it, it I can't this is insane I'm not dealing with this shit anymore. And so they've gone on to bigger and better things. Guys, there's more to life than sitting here and being fucking miserable. There's more to life than working for a place that refuses to acknowledge staffing as a administrative issue. They can pass the buck to you all day long, blame the battalion chiefs, blame the district chiefs, whoever's running the shifts and all that shit. But bottom line, the fucking hiring whether it's adjusting the hiring criteria, whether it's adjusting the recruiting uh, criteria. Y'all go back and listen to, to one of my original shows talking about recruitment and retention. I talk a lot about this shit, guys. That's one of the most listened to shows that I've ever put out was that. And it's because it's a real life thing. Recruiting in the fire service, we're going to have to start doing that. People aren't beating down the fucking doors to come make $50,000 a year to never see their families, be financially strapped their entire fucking life, and then get PTSD on top of it. People are not signing up to do this shit anymore. They're just not. And the reality is there's a lot of guys out there like me that are trying to make it better, that, are, that I know the things that I'm saying now, the things that I'm teaching today, this information is not going to make that big a difference today. But what I'm hoping for is all of the young guys that I have that are listening to me that are in the three to five year or the newly promoted officers and all this shit that are on there listening or even some of the, the older officers, but now they're getting reignited. I, I had one of my friends commenting today talking about having you know his, his fire uh, reignited for the fire service after after going through a lot. And, and I'll be honest, he and I worked at a department together and I'll be real. He works at a place that beats the absolute fuck out of its people. It has forever. He has endured it longer than I did. 
I, I couldn't put up with it as long as he has. But now they've made a lot of fucking moves in that department. New administration, new ESD board stuff coming down the pipe, uh, new stations being built, new trucks being bought. So, you know, he toughed it out, and now he's sitting at a good spot to be able to truly make a difference going forward for this department over the next 20 years. And I understand that. Like, that's what I'm, I'm – my goal is, is in 20 years, the, the people that listen to this show today start – being able to make a true difference and that and that difference shows itself and shows its face in 20 years and we get back to a point where the officers at that time and the chiefs at that time are truly about the camaraderie truly about the real brotherhood not bumper stickers and bullshit but truly about what this fire service was about and has always been about until recent times where it became we, we opened the door up in recent times for a lot of fucking selfish pieces of shit that have been able to come in and take over and, uh, you know, make themselves wealthy, make themselves uh, powerful, if you will, in the sense of titles and ranks. And then with the with the, the financial compensation that comes along with being in some of these leadership and these administrations, we've allowed for them to have those positions while, you know, people like myself and and others that I've looked up to throughout my career didn't want to move into those chief roles or didn't have the ability to move in those chief roles because we didn't have the certain check marks on our resume to get those spots. And we just we failed on on a lot of those aspects. Um you know, or, or didn't pay the politics right, like myself. I didn't play the politics right to to land myself in uh, certain chiefs' positions that, to be quite frank, I was up next for. Um, but, you know, I, I made decisions for myself, and I made decisions to stand my ground. And the things that I talk to you all about on this show, I fucking live, and it's cost me. It's cost me. If I wanted to, you know, play a lot of these games, if I wanted to put up with a lot of the bullshit uh, that, you know, you've all heard me talk about, then I, I would have cross bugles on my shit. I have no doubt in my mind. However, this is more important to me, living the life that I talk about and and through the principles and the morals that I have coming home to my family, facing my wife and kids, and them knowing that the stuff that I teach them in this house, I also live out there in the street, and it's the same stuff that I'm teaching to y'all or trying to teach and share to y'all. So that's kind of you know where I feel a lot of the lacking is. We have a lot of people that are out here trying to make, you know, make a difference. But what people need to realize is, is that difference that they're making credible? Are the actions that they live by matching the words that they put out? That's what I want each and every one of you to start thinking. First of all, you know, take care of inside your four walls, guys. Take care of yourselves and your families and the fire service is secondary. You know, I had uh, jump seat leadership, Josh Chase on the show at the end of last year, kind of wrapping up uh, with a phenomenal guest. He and I, um, you know, we hit it off. We hit it off from, from the very first conversation. And I'm here to tell y'all, um, the guy is truly genuine. The shit that he's putting out, he, he is, he's living. It's not just talk to him. Uh, you could see that through uh, the books that he's putting out. The, the story that he, sh he shared on, on this show about his family, about his personal struggles, about, um, you know, the, the loss of family for him. You know, I, I'm not going to 
uh, indulge on the full story. If you want to hear it and, and actually get the, the full story, then go back and listen. Um, that's the kind of people that y'all need to be listening to. That's the kind of fire service leadership that we need on the forefront. Not the bachelor's degrees in emergency management and the fucking this cert and the that cert. And I'm, I'm here to tell you guys, all those fucking certs, I'm at the point of I've been able to st- – I stepped out of municipal firefighting for two years and went industrial. Coming back in to structural firefighting in, in the municipal setting, guys, we put so much fucking – we put so much weight on certifications and degrees and all this shit to say that that is the check marks of what makes – the next leaders of the fire service, and that is the credentials of the next leaders of the fire service. And I'm here to tell y'all, we are fucking up. We are fucking up phenomenally. Just because you can have a bachelor's degree and whatever the fuck, just because you can go and pass certification tests where, hell, let's be honest, you know, you download some of these apps on your phone that tell you all the fucking questions, you memorize that shit, go take the damn state test, and now you're certified. That is not a credible guideline for fucking promoting people. It is absolutely not. And, you know, I have some certs. I don't have near enough now because while I was gone, the, you know, my state governing body came out with multiple different ones. Uh, Since then, whatever, I'll laugh about it. But we're coming out with all these new criterias and criterias and criterias for all this fucking certification shit, but we are 100% missing on character traits. None of those fucking classes, none of those certifications teach you jack shit about character traits of being a good fucking human. None. And that's why I say, guys, you're going to have to start taking care of inside your four walls. You know, if you're married with kids, uh, that's your priority. That's your fucking priority. Fuck the fire department. You know, Josh said it best. The day that he's gone, somebody else will be riding in that fucking seat right after him. The day he's gone, yeah, he might have a fucking shadow box, maybe his name on a plaque in a fire station, but 10 years down the line, most of the people that he worked with won't even, they won't even be there anymore anyway. So it's not going to fucking matter. Your family is going to remember you. Your kids, your wife, your husbands, all that shit is going to remember you. Now, I'll tell y'all, this is something I struggle with. This is something, because I have so many fucking irons in the fire. I I mean, I have several more things I'm going to announce that the Third Alarm Cowboys is doing. But I'm here to tell y'all, my plate is fucking full. And so it's something I have to make a conscious fucking effort of is family time. But I will also tell y'all that... Yes, family time. Sometimes we have a hard time scheduling that with everything we have going on, but I will tell y'all wholeheartedly at the end of the day, my priority is this family. If this job got in the way, if I worked for a place that's got that got to the point like I have in the past where it's my kids or my job, fuck the job. And the, there's so many of you that have got to adopt that philosophy. There's so many guys that I have met throughout my career that put the fire service ahead of their house note getting paid ahead of their you know wife or husband ahead of their kids and that's just wrong 
It's just that's wrong to the core. You're telling me you can go out here and risk your life to save a motherfucker that you've never even met and that won't won't even know your name, won't remember you, but you don't even give a shit that your own kids have anything on because you're so consumed. It's it's not you you you're not consumed with the service that this job is about. You're consumed with the ego of being a firefighter is what you're fucking consumed of. And I'm here to tell you guys, if you can't be happy with yourself and proud of yourself for your check saying fucking firefighter on it or your check saying work at the fucking oil change place on it, then you need to focus on yourself and you need to get your shit right. Because if you're a father or a mother, husband, wife, whatever... That fucking check, as long as it's hitting the bank, none of them give a shit where it comes from. The only thing that gives a shit is your fucking ego that says, I'm a firefighter. And that's just wrong. That that tells me right there that you're not in the business for the right reasons because you're still going to choose your fucking self over everything else that goes along with the job. That tells me that you're going to, if you'll choose yourself and your ego to be able to say that you're a firefighter over your family over doing the right thing, over those things, then I know that you're not going to give your life for that community member. And that's where we're at with a lot of this shit, guys. A lot of these these leadership whatevers, the reason why that we have this massive problem and leadership is the biggest hot topic is because nobody will say that. Nobody will truly discuss that because it's easy to get up here and say all the right words. It's easy to get up here and rah, rah, rah about all the bullshit. But the bottom line is, is if you are not in a true service mindset that if I can't provide for my family doing another job that's better for my family, then I'm also not going to give my life for a community member, which is ultimately what you're supposed to be there for. So either way, you're living in a falsehood. And that's where I see a lot of the administrations, when we tie all this together, we see a lot of the administrations and the leaders and all this shit that are traveling on over, teaching all this shit everywhere. The reality is, is it's an ego thing for them to be able to say, I'm a fire chief here doing blah, blah, blah. This is how I run my shit. This is this, this is that. I've got the power to do all this. I'm in control of all these things. But the bottom line is, is they're not in it for the service mindset either. If you can't go to their department and ask, hey, does such and such, you know, when y'all are short and it's fucking Christmas, does he mandatory overtime hold somebody or does he come in and get on a truck for himself? Oh, no, he'll fucking mandatory somebody. Oh, mandatory somebody with kids? Oh, yeah, he doesn't give a fuck. And I'm here to tell y'all, if, if a chief will mandatory, a chief, because most chiefs are going to be older, right, guys? They're going to be fucking older. That's the reality. They'll probably retire from somewhere else, whatever. I want y'all seriously to think about this. This is a scenario. If a fire chief or any kind of chief, whatever, will mandatory overtime hold someone with young babies at home on Christmas rather than coming in and getting on the truck, him or herself, and let that guy go home to to do Christmas and Santa and all that with the babies. Do you think that person has a servant mindship or are they just living in the ego of being a fire chief? 
That is the real question. And that's what I want all of you to think about when you think about who it is that you're following, when you think about who it is that you're listening to, when you think about all the different aspects that tie this huge leadership stuff together in today's fire service. The real leaders don't have all the certification check marks, don't have all the degrees and all that. That doesn't matter. Those are good information to have. Yes, I have some of it. Yes, I believe that there is some valuable information, but that's not the end-all be-all to being a good leader. A good leader is someone that is truly a servant to their people, and that comes down day one to staffing to me. Because I'll tell you, I worked for an EMS agency, and I will say it all day long, one of the best EMS chiefs that I ever worked for in my life. When we were getting our asses fucking kicked, that chief came in and got on a fucking truck, the other supervisors came in and got on a fucking truck and they helped run calls side by side with us. If we had at, at this agency I work at, and I'm still part-time there, if we have 911s dropping and we have um, a long-distance transfer, so out at this facility or at this agency, we do facility to facility transfers like ER to ER. So say, because it's in Deep East, Texas, where I work, say there's a transfer that's coming out of the hospital going to Houston. This EMS chief will come in and take that fucking Houston trip while we run local 911s just to save us from having to do a fucking five-hour transfer there and back. That is servant fucking leadership. Not saying, oh, well, you know, I'm going to hold somebody or, or, you know, that transfer comes in at crew change. I'm going to hold somebody. You got I know you've been up all night running 911s, but it's my weekend off. So you're going to take that five-hour transfer. Fuck your family plans on a Saturday morning. You're going to take that so that I can do my thing. No, that's just wrong. And that's the kind of questions that we need to be fucking asking. That's the kind of information that people need to get in their heads when you want to fucking promote. That is a leader. Not the certs, not the degrees, not the fucking classes and the conferences and the YouTube videos and the podcast and all that shit. If at, at the bottom of their heart, that is not where their mind is, then I don't care what fucking letters they have beside their name or what fucking paper they have hanging on the wall. They are not a leader. They're a fucking boss. So y'all think about that. That's just the information I wanted to put out. Guys, I'm going to wrap up this show. I got a lot of fucking shit coming down. I try not to overload y'all on all the badass stuff that I've been working on. I know that I've been, uh, you know, kind of sort of missing for the last couple of weeks. Uh, but the reality is, is it was, you know, um, Christmas time with kids, and I got five little ones, and uh, I also have two girls that have birthdays in December, and we had a great time. Uh, the youngest baby turned one, and we had uh, we had her birthday party on the first, and it was just the coolest shit ever to watch her um, do her little cake and all that kind of stuff. So the there's a lot of really badass stuff that I got coming down for the Third Alarm Cowboys. Um, I'm proud of what this podcast has done. I'm proud of the reputation that we've gotten. I'm proud of the waves that we're making. And, guys, we're just going to make it even bigger. Uh, I got some fucking tsunamis coming out. I got some some seriously hard fucking questions and some seriously hard topics that's going to get a lot of guys to thinking. And it's going to get a lot of people to say, damn, am I, am I doing this job for the right reasons? Should I even be fucking doing this job? I, I got some serious stuff that I want to ask you guys. And I love the feedback 
Y'all continue to send me the messages. Uh, I've got a lot over the last you know several weeks from guys. I'm sorry if I hadn't if I didn't get back to you timely. I believe I'm caught up with everybody, but just know that you know y'all are on my mind, uh, especially you know those of you that that have been hardcore listeners and followers from the beginning. I still you know. I stay in contact with with all of you that I can. Just know that I'm greatly appreciative for all of you. And y'all just continue to share this show. Y'all, you know, spread spread the word. Help me build the reputation. Help me try to make a difference. Because ultimately what it comes down to, guys, is y'all. I'm I'm one guy, uh, but the you know, the the word of mouth is the mo- most powerful thing that's out there. And so many of you have shared. I know a lot of you have told me, you know, you got the whole damn crew that you work with listening to the show, sitting around the station, all that. And that is phenomenal to me. It really is. And that's what I wanted. That's what I hope. I hope that I could just be a loudmouth voice that, you know, gives gives you guys some hope, that gives you guys some direction, gives you some coaching. You know, in my in my next life, I hope that I get to either be a baseball or a football coach uh, because I really think that would be up my alley. But uh, <laughs> let's face it. I chose to be a fireman because it is what I love to do. I, I still, I like making the fires. I just do. Uh, and I love being in the station. I love being with my crew. I love the shit talking and that's what it's all about to me. That's genuinely what it's all about to me. Uh, I'm going to close out the show. I have some, uh, you know, future sponsors and stuff that are coming up and I'm going to, you know, kind of tell y'all now, for those of you that are interested in, in sponsoring the show, uh, just know that I I only go and, and lock arms with with companies, with businesses, with with like minded individuals. You know the things I, that I talk about on this show, I want you to believe in. I want it to be how you live your life. I want it to be um, the the future that you see for the fire service as well. That's why I'm not doing all, you know, your typical podcast uh, advertisements and shit for stuff that I don't even use or products that I've never even heard of and all that kind of shit. So I I really, I lock arms and I do advertisements and stuff with businesses that I agree with, with um, owners and mindsets that I agree with. And that's just the reality of it. So, you know, if you're interested in being a a sponsor of the show, locking arms with us, helping me out with the the financial obligation that takes to do this show. Um, then, and I'm all about talking to you about being a sponsorship. We get to know each other and see whatever will work, you know, be a good solution for both of us. Um, that's something I'm going to move more into. Uh, I'm also going to move into doing some more, uh, education type stuff on whether it's nutrition supplements, working out all that kind of stuff. Um, I've got my shit on lock again. I've been back at it. I'm not going to lie to y'all when I had the flu towards the end of last year, it pretty well just knocked me out and, and I lost my, my track of my discipline. I was still working out a little bit, but just not eating the way I should and all that kind of good stuff. And, um, you know, that's just a reality. You get busy, you're running uh, 100 miles an hour and, and on the road for fucking way too many hours of the day, and, and it slips. Uh, we all have our ups and our downs, and that's always been one of mine um, is is the working out and the, the eating 100% correctly and all that kind of shit. something that I've always struggled with doing this job. Um, one thing that I will tell you all, Going into the future, a little short announcement, and all the details haven't been totally worked out yet, so don't be bombarding me yet, but just know that this is coming down. Um, the team and I have decided 
or mainly my family and I have decided that one thing that we're going to be offering in the future, some of you have already seen, but I'm going to start doing uh, direct sales of beef to customers. Um, I've been working on all the logistics and everything that it takes to be able to do that. You know, on the legit side, um, we've been slaughtering cows and stuff for ourselves and our friends and, you know, close family and stuff for years. But with the climate and everything of the, the grocery stores and the people that I talk to and all that good stuff that basically people want to know where the fuck their meat's coming from. Um, my family has been in the cow business for a while, uh, was raised in it. You know, y'all have all seen my pictures and all that good stuff. So the reality to it is, is this has always been kind of a side gig for me of doing the cow business. But, um, the reality is, is the sale barns that most ranchers haul to and shit, we're getting middleman as fuck. Um, to be totally transparent, I hauled a couple, the last couple cows I hauled to the sale barn several months ago, I brought a dollar 29 a pound. And you ask any rancher in years past, you tell them a dollar twenty nine a pound on the hoof, that's good. But whenever you look at the grocery store and for lean ground beef, they're charging fucking eight, nine, ten, up to twelve dollars a fucking pound at some stores. Um, I would call that getting middleman as fuck by the WalMarts and all of your big box stores and all that kind of stuff. And the reality is, is the money is not going back to the rancher. And the cost of diesel, the cost of um feed hay all that stuff that it takes to run any kind of cow operation or, or animal uh operation at all ranching operation or even farming you know doing crops and all that kind of stuff the overhead on it since um you know the kickoff of battle of ukraine all that kind of shit that's gone on politically it has impacted um the farm and ranch world drastically i'll just be completely honest with y'all that's the reality of it um fertilizers for spraying, you know, your pastures for weeds and all that kind of shit. Everything has quadrupled over the last 18 months, quadrupled. But the price at the sale barn when we haul cows uh, to sell them, which is how you make your money, has not gone up. <laughs> it's staying the same. So uh, I've got some cows that are coming up to be slaughtered, and um, I'm filling orders. Be totally honest with y'all, the several cows that we're hauling – uh, most of them are accounted for. I will be on a limited basis putting it out in order to um, see kind of what the uh, traction or whatever the word, I don't even know, what the interest is uh, for guys. And I'll be able to ship you fresh beef um, from right here, from the TAC team. Um, there's going to be some package deals and shit like that. I'm going to get all of the details to it later. Just know that that's going to be an option going forward in the future. Uh, a couple of you that are on my personal page have reached out to me and are already on the list. Uh, that's coming down the pipe is what I'm, I'll leave it at. So I'm really excited about that. It's it's exciting to me to be able to start offering high-quality products like the cigars and um, – you know, now the beef, whether it's ground beef, steaks, briskets, all that kind of shit to be able to offer actually true high quality shit um, to other firefighters out there. I'm tired of the Chinese bullshit that we're dealing with. Guys, I'll, I'll be totally honest with y'all. 15 years ago was going to some of the cow sales going on, uh, cow auctions going on in Oklahoma. And 15 years ago, the Chinese were over here buying up American beef faster than uh, American farmers could buy it. There is a 
mass shortage of your local homegrown uh, cow ranchers. It just, it's reality. The overhead is too high. And so guys have sold out over the last 18 months, since things have gotten so expensive, I would say pretty much everybody around me that I've known my entire life to be in the cow business has totally sold off their herds. And this is why, because they just, there's no money being made at the auction barn. Most people don't have the uh, means to be able to go into doing what I'm about to be doing. And that's selling directly to the customer. It's not cheap and it's not fucking easy, but it's something that I want to do because I want my kids to be able to have a future of being in the cow business. And so I'm going to make it work no matter what. So that's kind of where we're at. And I love that y'all support for that. All of you, uh, you know, that that sparks your interest in everything. Shoot me a message, let me know, and we'll get something worked out. Uh, I'm going to be kind of limited with it on social media as far as, you know, advertising or anything like that, just simply because um, I'm, I'm not going to have a whole shitload of cows right off the bat to be doing this with. This is going to be something that's building. So I'm going to have several available in about six weeks, um, that uh, several that I'm slaughtering that I'm going to have meat available from, and then I'm going to be doing it every couple of months. And so we'll be rolling kind of like that, uh, as we build up. So anyways, guys, well, uh, y'all think about everything I said on this show about staffing, about leadership, about where your heart's at, about the ego of being a firefighter. All that shit is highly important. Uh, I'll leave y'all with that. Go to thirdalarmcowboys.com. I have some new drops and some hats and shit coming pretty quick. Uh, y'all go ahead and, and follow Kadim Saint on Facebook. Get ready for his fight in February. I'll have ticket information and all that shit coming up in the future. We're going to have another big-ass fucking turnout, guys. We're going to put on a fucking show. It's going to be badass as this goes and as this grows. It's going to get bigger and bigger. I'm just here to tell y'all. So, um, you know, you'll be looking up one day and be like, damn, I heard of that guy on a podcast. For, he was a firefighter, and now he's doing this. Holy shit. I mean, we're talking about TV shit, guys. So it's a big deal, and that's what we're moving towards. And... Um, Got the hats and shirts are coming up. We have some more coming up. Uh, y'all be sure and go and, and order your cigars. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Please go to Apple and Spotify. Follow and subscribe. Whatever the fucking button says, go punch those buttons. Leave us a review, and it'll help build us. That uh, The Spotify especially, the followers have drastically grown over about the last six weeks. I'd say um, almost probably a 25% increase. Um, which is several hundred uh, of the actual f- people that truly have it followed. So uh, listenership, we're right around about 30,000. So anyways, guys, all right, well, we'll see you all in the next one. I ain't Had it good for all my life, but I don't struggle. I know how to walk the line, but if you cross me, make me try to lose my way, well I won't stumble, put you right back in your place, just like a whaler said.